0: Today is the 24th of April. It is just about noon. Today I'm going to be talking about the third of my traits under the Clifton Strengths Finder 2.0 from the book Discover Your Strengths. This one is titled Responsibility. And I'd say I agree with a lot of this but there are some points where uh, I think growing up and doing these conversations having these chats with myself has helped me discover ways to work around the weaknesses that being super super strong in this talent could present what I mean is uh let's see here under the second example nigel t sales executive da, 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 i'm sorry no it's it's the last one here harry b outplacement consultant i was a young bank manager for, in one of the branches when the president of the company decided he wanted to foreclose on a property i said that's fine but we have a responsibility to give the people full value for the property he didn't see it that way he wanted to sell the property to a friend of his for what was owed. And he said, my problem was that I couldn't separate my business ethics from my personal ethics. I told him that was correct. I couldn't because I didn't believe and still don't believe that you can have two standards. So I quit the firm and went back to earning $5 an hour working for the forestry service, picking up trash. Since my wife and I were trying to support our two kids and make ends meet, it was a hard decision for me to make. But looking back on one level, it really wasn't hard at all. I simply couldn't function in an organization with those kinds of ethics. I've been in that sort of a situation before. And uh, the, the, the dicey thing about being in that kind of pr- position is that there are other people that rely on you. I don't know Harry's situation here entirely. He says that he had a family and a couple of kids, a wife. But I'm imagining that going from bank hours and money to forestry service, $5 an hour, either was at a point in time where $5 an hour means more than it does now, or his wife was able to support them with her income. And so $5 an hour wasn't, wasn't their only source of income. Now, maybe it was. Maybe it was, and they were able to make things work, and it was really tight and hard and challenging, but they, they found a way. I don't know. But let's say, let's, let's imagine a different scenario where I have a job. It pays well, say real well, well enough where my wife doesn't have to work. And so she's not working, and I've, I've had this job for a year. And it's a good job. Like I said, it pays well. I've got let's uh, imagine full coverage health insurance, dental, vision, everything, including coverage for my wife. I uh, I, I even have medical coverage for maternity leave, and, and I'm given time off if, if we so choose to have children. And because of this job and how generous it is, I do decide that hey, let's uh, let's let's have that conversation. So uh, Vera and I have a chat, and and she gets pregnant, and we go let we're gonna have a kid bear gives birth fast forward to uh let's say child's two years old everything's going great it's good job but then i start to notice uh let's say a new president comes in and he came in about six months ago and he he doesn't do things quite the same way as as the last president he's not quite as what i would call ethical he's not his standards are a little bit wishy-washy and i'm the 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 head of some department, and he's asking me to do things that are not illegal, but they're questionable. Things like this bank manager asked asked his uh, his his subordinate to do. Now let's sell it for the, for the, this value or 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 that that value. We're not going to give him full value, like we're supposed to. Well, what do I do then? At one point in time, I would have said you just quit. You cannot second guess your standards. You 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 cannot go against these things. You just you'll find a way to make it work and you just quit on the spot. And current Dell says, I can't answer that question without being in the situation because it depends on so many factors. How much of my income is going towards our monthly expenses? How much money do we have in savings? Do we have any money in savings? Are we we living paycheck to paycheck? Do I have any other job possibilities lined up? Do I have something else that somebody has contacted me within the last month or week and said, hey, if you're ever looking for a change of pace, we'd love to have you over at our company. These all matter. So I can't in a vacuum say, oh, I would quit on the spot. I don't know that. If I had massive amounts of bills and things that need to be handled, maybe that two-year-old child that I mentioned has some sort of medical condition and some sort of complication that requires constant visits to a doctor, some specialist that is costing thousands upon thousands of dollars, and we don't have any sort of extra money. And the only reason my wife in this situation doesn't have a job is because she has to be there to tear, care for the kid every hour of every day that the, that the child's not at, at, at a hospital see, getting the specialist help. There's too many variables. I can give you something that's a very real situation and that is where I'm at right now. Where I'm at right now bothers me <laughs> in a lot of ways. The level of grit and grime and dirtiness and and just the, the level of filth that has been plastered over seemingly everything that hasn't come in within the last week, as in recent materials or recent purchases, is pretty foul. I was telling my wife how, I said, you remember how I thought that the best thing to be done at Westbourne Market was for it to close down for a day? And she said, well, I think you said a week. I said, okay, whatever, a week. Shut it down for a week and have everybody come in and just do the deepest cleaning, just scrubbing, hot water, just just steam and clean and degreaser, the whole place, top to bottom, floor, floor to ceiling. She said, yeah. I said, this place doesn't need to be shut down for a week. And she said, let me guess, it needs to be burnt to the ground and then rebuilt. And I said, you got it. That's exactly right. The level of grime in this place is... It... it it's permeating every molecule of the place. It's an old hospital for crying out loud. I don't know if a ho- turning a hospital into a, a, an eating establishment was a good idea in the first place. That seems like turning a, I, I don't know, a sewage treatment plant into a sparkling water production facility. <laughs> like, what? huh, eh, okay. Um, but with that said, I'm not quitting on the spot. Maybe five years ago, maybe six months ago, I would have. Maybe two months ago, I would have. But the thing is, is that as much as the things I see bother me, I haven't seen anything that I know of that is ethically wrong. There's a lot of stuff that bugs me on a, on a, on a certain level. There's a lot of things that I dislike. For example, I don't like that the mop sink bucket, the mop 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 tub, whatever. Cannot produce as hot of water as I would like. It's a lukewarm at best. I mean, it's it's it's. I want water so hot that it that it hurts my hand when I put it under it. I and I can't put my hand into the water or else I'd get burnt. That's how hot of water I want coming out for my mop bucket. And this water, I it it's. I I'd want it warmer to even consider taking a bath in. Not that I would take a bath in this water, but I'm saying just temperature alone. It's, 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 it's warm, it's, it's the kind of water that's been sitting in the shade on a 60 degree day. It, it's, it's just room temperature, tepid water. So for cleaning floors and trying to get gunk and grime up, it's, it's, it's a joke, it doesn't do anything. And this is obvious, and it was obvious to me the moment I saw the mop bucket. The moment I saw the mop bucket, I saw a, a, a ring of grime it was like a half ring actually it was on the back side it's, it's where from all the water from squeezing out the mop if you've ever seen one of these mop buckets where the top half has this contraption where you stick the mop in there it's got a handle and you mash the handle down if you've ever worked in a restaurant or anything you've seen one of these mop buckets you mush the handle down and it rings out the mop you turn the mop a couple times ring it out ring it out there you go and then you you slop 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 on the floor well the water that runs down hits the back of the mop tub the mop bucket and had just left this uh, eighth of an inch thick layer of grime. I saw that the first night that I worked. Second night that I worked, I grabbed the uh, the kind of checkerboard thing that you sometimes find in a box of bottles to keep bottles separated and from clanking into each other. Took one of those out, the 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 grid, ripped it into individual pieces, and then scraped, used each piece like a squeegee, and scraped as much of the grime out as I could. I took a picture of it the other night because I was going to show my wife and say, "Look, this is this is the kind of garbage I'm I'm dealing with." It bothers me for sure, but I can't say that it's ethically wrong. Is it disgusting? Yeah, I find it disgusting. Is it gross? Yeah, it's definitely gross. But no laws are being broken. No one that I can tell is being hurt. These aren't this isn't the the, 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 the water that's being used to wash people's plates and and their silverware, as far as I can tell, most of that stuff is being cleaned properly. It does go through a dishwasher where the water, from what I can tell, gets really, really hot. So it's hot enough for steam to be coming off of it. So the parts that actually matter, really matter a lot, is being done (laughs) properly-ish. It's not proper to the level that Dell would like it to be done proper, but it's proper enough that people aren't getting sick and aren't in in dangerous way. I, I mean, it's proper enough for me to have eaten the food three times. If I thought that there was something really, really wrong, then I wouldn't have touched the food. I wouldn't be drinking the water out of the spigot when I get thirsty. Part of that, drinking, is because I'm just really damn thirsty and there's really not a better option, so I just kind of have to. But... <sighs> I think you see what I'm saying. Is, is it my preferred situation? Definitely not. Is it bad? Is it illegal? Is it wrong? Is it, is it causing people harm? Is it putting people in danger's way? I, I don't think so. So what do I do in this situation? Well, that I have a light at the end of the tunnel, that I know that I'm not going to have this job for longer than another eight weeks, nine weeks or so, helps a lot. That first week I was feeling... Overwhelmed, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, I don't know if I can handle this. I was thinking about quitting on the spot. But I said, no, my wife is depending on me. I need to be bringing in this money, and I'm not going to do this. I I, I don't have a, a really, really good reason to quit other than I just don't like this kind of work. Well, that has lessened. And as soon as I identified that, stared it in the face and said, I'm just going to deal with you, I'm not a fan of this, but that's okay. This will pass. And it will pass in not that long of time. That helped a lot. And I told my wife I was going to work one of these days. She said something like, oh, have a good day at work. And I kind of groaned. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wish I knew how to help you. And I said, well, I've already finished one week. And so I've only got nine more to go or something like that. And I said, huh, even just saying that aloud helps a lot, seeing that happen, hearing that aloud. And it does. It does help a lot when I framed it that way. Much to my suspicion, well, confirming my suspicion, getting tips also helps. Being paid at the end of every single night helps a lot when you see that cash money put directly into your hand. The first time I got tips was Sunday after a big brunch day. It was uh, Easter brunch just this last Sunday, and I was given what I thought was a $20 bill. Folded it back, saw that, well, when I first was, it was plopped on the table in front of me with a little... uh, Paperclip and a little tiny post-it note that said Dell on it from one of the servers. He was handing out the the cash tips for everyone from the the owner, and I I just thought it was a twenty, but I picked it up. Felt nope, that's definitely more than twenty. It felt like sixty to me. Started peeling twenties back. No, that's not sixty. That's eighty dollars. Eighty dollars for a day, plus what I made hourly, which wasn't a, a ton four ish five dollars after tax, for eight hours. So what is that? Another forty bucks. So. Not terrible money, and getting that right then and there it helped a lot. It, it kind of lessened the blow. You know, sort of like having a band-aid ripped off. Ugh, this isn't fun, but then a, a soothing towel with some sort of aloe or some sort of uh numbing ointment put right over it. Oh, okay, hey, that's not so bad. That it, it's all that's that's pretty nice. I don't know if you've ever had a tattoo, but after the tattoo. The artist gets done drilling you, they'll take a, a rag with some sort of ointment on it sometimes and, and rub it over there, and that it kind of lessens the pain that you've been feeling for, for the last 15 minutes or whatever that they've been drilling on you. Last night, I didn't make great tips, but it was $42, and that helps. Tonight, I'll make tips from both of the bars, and as long as that's more than $30, bucks, i will feel pretty good about things. So... That there's a light at the end of the tunnel helps a lot. Um, let's see. I'll let's read a few more of these things from the responsibility daily here. Ideas for action. Emphasize your sense of responsibility when job hunting. During interviews, describe your desire to be held fully accountable for the success or failure of projects. Your intense dislike of unfinished work and your need to make it right if a commitment is not met. Okay, that's true. There's a part in here that I thought, well, that's true-ish, but... It, it's not it doesn't take in the entirety of my view here um where is it It was talking about quality and quantity basically something about uh, let me just read the intro here your responsibility theme focuses on forces you to take on psychological ownership for anything you commit to and whether large or small, you feel emotionally bound to follow it through to completion. I agree with this. Sometimes completion means me going to the person that assigned me the task and I say, hey, I can't do the rest of this. That's completion too sometimes. I prefer not to do that, but sometimes I run into a situation where I go, hey, that that thing that you wanted me to put together, I cannot find the last bolt for it. I, I don't, I'm not sure what to do. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, had, I needed to check something. That, that I don't even know why I did that. I'm sorry. It, the bolt's right there. Oh, well, thank you. Now I can go and finish it. So I'm not just going to go and put it half I will I, I for, I'm not going to do that. I'll go and say, hey, I, I can't do this because of this reason. Hey, those pancakes, the batter you wanted me to make, I, I'm not sure where the sugar is. I've found all the other ingredients, but I don't know where sugar is. Oh, it's right over here. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, continuing on here. Your good name depends on it. If for some reason you cannot deliver, you automatically start to look for ways to make it up to the other person. Uh, I don't know that I look to make it up. I look to fix the issue, and I look for ways to solve the problem, but I don't know about making it up. Maybe, Maybe that is what they mean by making it up. Apologies are not enough. Agreed. Excuses and rationalizations are totally unacceptable. I I 100% agree with that. You will not quite be able to live with yourself until you have made restitution. This conscientiousness, this near obsession for doing things right, and your impeccable ethics combine to create your reputation utterly dependable. When assigning new responsibilities, people will look to you first because they know it will get done. When people come to you for help, and they soon will, you must be selective. Your willingness to volunteer may sometimes lead you to take on more than you should. In one of the examples in there, somebody was saying how they felt like their hand had a magnet attached to, or, or their, that, that, the, that the ceiling was made of metal and their hand had a magnet in it. And they were always offering to, to volunteer for situations. I don't have that problem. Maybe I did at one point in time, but I don't anymore. I will take on things that I think I can do, but not things so far beyond, or I won't overburden myself. I'll, I'll take on things I've certainly... Been in the situation where somebody's asked, "Hey, does anybody know how to do this?" And I've said, "I don't know how to do it, but I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. I, I have a willingness to try things out, absolutely, and like to. And I like to be put into new situations. Hell, this job that I have is a perfect example of that. Uh, Do you? Are you sure you want to be a cafe or work in a, a cafe? I, I don't know. Why do you ask? Well, you just seem like you'd be a good fit for a restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll give that a go. Right on. Here we go. And I think it was the first or second night that I was working. Um, Gail, one of the, the the server gals, she said, you know, I, you're doing a really good job for your first day. You're, 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 we think that you're going to be a really good fit. That that makes me feel good that somebody noticed. And and I feel like I've already gotten kind of a, a, a rhythm of things. I don't know all the ins and outs, but that's not to be expected. After one week, I'd, how would I know all the ins and outs? But I think I know enough to get by. I think I know enough at this point where... I'm hoping that the guy that I met last night who just started as a barback, I met him last night, like I said, his name's Carlos, I'm hoping that he's working today and working with me so that I can teach him some stuff. Hey, I've been here a week. Let me show you what I've learned in that week. If you have some questions, I'm going to be a really good one to ask because my information is going to be super, super fresh. So I'm not going to be putzing around, and I'm going to tell you everything that I know. And what I know isn't a whole lot, so you should be able to absorb that. I seem like to I'd be in a really good place to teach you because my information pertaining to this place and the things that I know can't overwhelm you because it's not as much as there is to know. It's it's very limited. So I'm sort of like the introduction to a very large book. So just just stick with that, and and I think we'll do well. Um. I also know how to put my foot down. For example, on Sunday during brunch, there was the, there's two bars that I was I was working at and the bar the other bar back said, "Hey, you know, just feel free to move back and forth between the two." And I said, "Man, I need to stay in one spot. I've been jerked around between the Iron Horse D'Amato's and Gracie's, and I just need to be able to wrap my head around one of these places before I can start dumping in multiple things. So I'm going to stay right here so I can just try and figure this out before trying to do multiple things at once. I I just need to be able to know how to catch a ball before somebody says, now juggle. And I didn't say exactly that, but I said more or less that. I just said, I I, I need to just stay right here. I said, if you really need me and it gets super busy over there, then I can come over and help you for a little bit. But I'm going to kind of camp out here so I can just get a feel for this. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, man. No worries. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. As opposed to some other people might be just, uh, say they were really high in agreeableness. They might just, ugh, excuse me. If they were really high in agreeableness in the big five, I don't know what that falls under in these uh, the traits here. It might be, I don't know, something that has to do with pleasing somebody, maximizer, positive, relator, restorative. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's probably something in here that you're you you you're trying to be on everybody's good side, and that can get you into trouble sometimes because you just don't know when to say no. I do not have that problem. I have an exceptionally high responsibility, exceptionally high conscientiousness, combined with super low agreeableness to the point where I'll say, how about you go fuck yourself with a dirty pine cone before I agree to that? I might not say it in so many words, but I'll say it in a way that gives the impression of that. i have learned to tamper that back these days i've been a lot better i haven't been called abrasive in in a couple of years now which is due to constant vigilance i i know that that had been a big struggle for me and no longer do i come across so so caustic and and and, and hard to to stomach which is which is good i'm i'm glad that I, I saw an issue and I fixed it. So, hey, sometimes spotting a weakness and then doing something about it actually does lead to positive results. All right, as I thought, this responsibility one did take a little bit longer and I didn't even talk. oh, that's right, okay. I needed to talk about what to do with the responsibility issue and having friends and wanting to be an open book or, or rather a steel vault for them and they come to and they talk to you about anything But then, if they come to you and talk to you about something that you really, really dislike, hey, I gotta tell you this thing, man. Uh, Yesterday, I robbed a bank, and uh, I just—it's really weighing on my conscience. Oh man, what do I do? Do I go and call the cops right now? Or let's say, you know, I've been really struggling, and I've been uh, every time I drink, I I get violent, and and I haven't done it yet. I've, I've smashed some stuff in my house, but I've gotten really close to to hitting my girlfriend. What do i do with that information if, if a friend told me that well the other day when i was going over an overview of these strengths i said that i'd be the first one to throw you under the bus the thing is is that's i gave that some more thought and that, that was my knee-jerk reaction at the time but that's not actually what i think again it's a very devil's in the details kind of thing but One of the biggest issues that I have with uh, therapists and psychologists is that they tell you from the get-go that if you have the desire or intention to hurt yourself or another that they have to call the police or or do something about it. So my feeling has been that because of that statement, if you're going to do something to yourself or other people that we got to call the police, it prevents people from talking about the things that they might really need to talk about. It might prevent them... From digging into the deepest darkest parts of of their soul that they need to go and unearth because they think that they're gonna get called and and hauled off to the to the to the clink, so what do you do about that? Well, it has been my position for quite a while now that everybody needs a best friend, everybody needs somebody that they can talk to one hundred percent openly and honestly about you need at least one person I think. A couple would probably be probably be a good idea, a few people, but I think one is 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 absolutely essential, and I have that person in my wife. I can talk to my wife about literally anything, and some of the conversations that I have had if I had with a stranger probably would get the cops called on me, probably would have had some Dicey situ- have put me into some dicey situations if, if authorities had overheard or witnessed some of those conversations. But because I've been able to have those conversations with my wife and she with me about certain things, and they're just topics that we're talking about and exploring going, hey, what do you think about this idea? Wow, that's an idea I really don't like, or here's why that bothers me. Here's what I think about that idea, or here's why that makes me feel this way. Then we can pull these ideas out of each other drop it onto the, a table like, a, like a, a glob of clay and either turn it into something interesting or get rid of it. it. It doesn't mean that you have to build it into a vase and then fire it and then use it. That's not what I'm saying. But you do need to be able to look at it. And if it never comes out and if it always stays inside of you, it's just going to start to rot and get moldy and, and disgusting and start to eat at your soul. And you hear these stories about people breaking up I've asked multiple people when they've talked to me about breaking up. I broke up with my girlfriend. This hasn't happened a lot in my life, but it's happened a couple of times. And I distinctly remember at least one time because I I asked the person, I said, how long did you know that things weren't going to work out before you actually finally ended things? And they said, oh, probably about a year, maybe even two. And I'm pretty sure I've had that exact same conversation more or less with with a very similar answer multiple times. And my position has been with my wife that she will never be in the position, if, if things were to go bad for some reason, things were to go stale with us, she would be the first one to know and would know right away and know as soon, very soon after I knew it. And very soon would be like within 24 hours. That doesn't mean that I haven't had doubts and questions, but I'm never going to say, you know, honey, we've got to get a divorce. And she, what? How long has this been on your mind? You know, honestly, eight months, maybe a year, ever since blah de blah happened back when we were in Michigan, I just I just didn't know what to say and so I just didn't say anything and it's just been kinda of growing and turned into this thing where I just yeah, it it's I, I I yeah. I uh have already started the the, the process. I, I talked to a lawyer the other day, that's where I went. Uh, when I went on that walk, and um, I've got the papers here. So, um, yeah, as soon as you sign these, as soon as we can get, get this done with. She would just be completely blindsided. I'm never, ever going to do that to her. I'm going to tell her the way I'm feeling about certain things. I'm going to talk to her about certain things. I mean, she knows within hours if I felt bad about the way that she closed a cabinet door for crying out loud. I send her a message, bracket it, and say, Hey, when you closed the cabinet door, it made me feel like you were angry at me. Did I do something to upset you? She'll usually reply, Oh, no. I just, I, when I smacked it, I, I didn't even mean to smack it as hard as I did. I was just trying to move quickly because I wanted to grab the 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 sugar to put into the, 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 the tea, blah, blah, blah. And I just whacked it a little bit harder than I thought. Oh, okay. I thought it was because of something. I said, Oh, no. I, I wasn't even thinking about that anymore. Okay, cool. Got that handled. I do not let those things fester and sit. Neither does she. We don't let those things sit. And our relationship, the beam of light of truth and love that connects us, no matter where we are, is constantly being refreshed. Imagine just a, a core of just a platinum core crystalline structure that she and I are both constantly monitoring and taking our little polishing rags and cleaning up this little smudge here. and As, as, as it is continually being polished and cleaned up, b- light of the universe can pour into it and fuel it and refresh it and, and, and subsequently refuel and refresh us as long as we're both maintaining it because she can get angles that I can't see and I can get angles that she can't see and we handle that on a constant ongoing basis. We don't let things just sit there and then start to rot and then eat away and, and turn into a, a nasty crust that will eventually cause a crack or a fissure that is to some degree at some point in time something that you just can't undo or, or to some degree would be so disastrous that, that the amount of work required to fix it might be, might be insurmountable. My point here is that if I ever had the kind of friend that wanted to confide in me things that they thought nobody else on the planet would wanna hear or that could stomach to hear, they're wrong. First off, you're wrong. I can handle anything. I spent a good two and a half years, two years, two and a half years, maybe even three years, with the entire purpose of desensitizing myself. And I did this on the internet. And I have seen things that I never want to see again, but am to some degree glad that I have. I've seen—I don't even know if I should say this on here. I, I guess it doesn't—it doesn't matter. It's not like I'm going and collecting this stuff. But I went to 4chan, the the random board, back—I don't know—a few years ago. Um, this is back. Uh, when was this? Early, like two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten or so. Yeah, two thousand and seven to two thousand and ten. Maybe even earlier than that. Maybe like two thousand five to two thousand ten. I don't know. Somewhere about back there, more than ten years ago. I spent a good solid few years on the random board B. Of four chan, and I have seen, I've seen people killed, videos of people being murdered. I saw two Russian teens stab a homeless person to death with a screwdriver. I've seen child porn. I've seen uh, smut films. I've seen um, people eating poop. I've seen people. doing the most foul disgusting horrific acts with animals and children and each other that you can possibly imagine and things that you couldn't even think of people doing the kind of stuff that you would attribute to unit 736 that the, the the I think the Japanese or or it was either Japanese or Chinese. I forget which did which to which it, unit that tested human subjects for various things, like putting somebody's arm outside in, into the, into the sub zero temperature to freeze it and then bring it back inside to thaw it and freeze it and thaw it and bring it into it so that it would get frostbite and, and just freeze and, and freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw to see, see what happens when, when you do that to an arm over and over things of that level of, of nature. Um, Imagine things like people sitting on, on, a, on a beam uh, uh, like a, a two by four turned at an e- edge so that the, the edge the, the sharp edge is pointing up and you have to sit on that on the edge and your toes are just just barely able to touch the ground. So you're able to just give yourself a tiny bit of support, but then when you relax that, that edge just starts cutting into into your into your butt. So there's no possible way to get into a good good uh, sitting position. That level of horrific type of stuff, I've seen that, and I and i and i and I'm and I'm aware that that is part of how horrific the human mind can go. I've read the Gulag Archipelago. I know what level of depravity humans are capable of. I've 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 seen it. I've literally seen it, like like visual seen it, but I've also read about it. And I'm not, I haven't shied away from this because I've needed to know how bad, how bad can we get? How bad could I get? Because it's very easy to put yourself into the situation of the victim. Oh, what would I do if I was the good guy in that situation? Well, guess what? Most of the time when you're in those situations, you're not the good guy. Usually the good guy is the minority. Usually the majority is the really, really bad guy. Like Nazi Germany, the chances that you born into into a German household in Nazi Germany back in the early, oh, you know, like 1910, the chances that you were somebody that said, you know, I, I oppose this stuff, is very, very low. My point here is that I am aware of how bad things can go. So there is basically nothing at all that you could tell me that is going to disgust or appall me or surprise me. I might be a little bit surprised that you would think that, depending on who you were, I might go, oh, that's kind of surprising. But at the same time, I might go, eh, "That it was surprising for all of half of a second. So let's talk about this. What made, where did that, where does that thought come from? Because the thing is, is that I see as ideas, as ideas. They're collections. To me, an idea that you have in your head is no fucking different than a book that you have on your bookshelf. I'm not going to judge the entirety of you for that one book. I might be curious why you purchased that book. I might be curious as to what that book contains, but I'm not going to judge all of you in every life choice that you've ever made based of that one book. Which is why I find the recent mob tactics that happen on Twitter or elsewhere online, when somebody, when an old tweet is unearthed by somebody, or from somebody, and then they're just held to the coals because of their that one tweet. I think is. It's it's appalling in the extreme. For example, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Seems like a good guy. Seems like an interesting guy. Certainly can direct the hell out of a fun collect uh, like collection, whatever, un- ensemble movie. Wrote and directed the piss out of that movie. Fantastic two movies. But then some old tweets, not real great, kind of questionable in content, get found, and then he's fired and no longer part of the... the the, the the Marvel DC or Marvel Universe and they don't want him directing. Fine. They're a loss. DC's gain. He's going to be d- directing the next Suicide movie, suicide Squad movie. Hey, I'm looking forward to that movie because this guy can write. Was that an off-color? Some of those tweets, were they off-color? Sure. Were they in poor taste? Sure. Were they not all that funny? Depends on how you look at it. Sure. I would agree that they're not all that funny. But I'm not going to judge the entirety of this person's character off of that one tweet, or those five tweets, or even those fifty tweets. There's a whole lot more else that this guy has said. That's like saying that because these thirty books, but it's thirty books, and they're all about the Holocaust, and they're all about the gulags, and it's all it's 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 skinhead philosophy. Okay, but how many other books does a person own? Oh, well, they own ten thousand books. It's the entire Library of Congress. They they own. Basically, there's a copy of every book in existence there. Okay, so you're judging the half million books off of these 30? Well, yeah, because those are the bad ones. What about all the good ones? What about the 80 copies of, of the Bible? The 80 copies, uh, the, the 30 different biographies of Gandhi, the, the different explorations of, of Jesus and, and the good works that he did, and all like the, the gardening books. Well, what about those? The, the, those don't counteract that at all? That that has that that has no that doesn't say anything. No no no. We're gonna judge everything off of off of these these things right here. Absurd absurd. Get the hell out of here. If you were to judge the entirety of, of of me based off of only the bad things I've done, I, mean, I don't know that I should be in prison, but I should probably have like a couple fingers cut off or something. I, I, I maybe a, maybe a toe or something. I, I'd, I've probably done enough to have at least that done to me but that hasn't happened to me and I don't think that it actually should happen to me because I don't think that my poor choices should be the only thing that people judge me by and I'm not going to judge you by the most recent admission of some less than savory idea that you have banging around in your head you need people need outlets for these things and I, I hope that everybody that ever listens to this has found somebody that they can talk to about literally anything. I mean anything. Even those ideas that you go, oh, I'm not going to talk to this. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, I'll talk to somebody about 99.9% of the stuff that I got in my head, but not that last 0.1%. That <laughs> that just, uh, not that thing. I know what that feels like because I've had those things. And, and at one point in time, I, I, I had a few of those things that I just, I said, mm, I know that this person is somebody that I want to marry. I'm talking about Vera. But those things, yeah, I'm just, I'm just never going to talk to her about that. We're just going to set that aside. And then I realized I can't do that. I cannot have the kind of relationship that I actually want to have with somebody where I'm not truly 100, 100 sparkling percent open and honest with. And I want to know what that is like. I want that so bad. And when I finally found that, it was uh it was amazing. All right, I love you. Bye.